All right, everybody, thank you for joining me for another Her Wild Outdoors episode. Tonight, we are recording from my kitchen table after we just had a great dinner, and Daniel Holder is with me mm-hmm. um, from the Hunt, Fish, Eat podcast. Yes, ma'am. Daniel, thank you for joining me. That's my pleasure, man. Thank for, you for cooking dinner. For dinner. Really yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. we both got to experience... Um, something that we had never experienced before Mm -hmm. and I purposefully saved the unveiling. I'm grateful (laughs) that you saved that unveiling for me. I I don't know if I'm grateful, but it was good. We, um, I went a couple of weeks ago and filled two sandhill crane tags and I still have the breast in the freezer, but... Oh, so you do have the breast. I do. The good parts. Okay. Let's <laughs> make sure. I do. I do. I, I'm saving them for another um, another experience. <laughs> but when I did, I did something that I'd never done before <laughs> to have you over for dinner, <laughs> which is usually what I end up doing. Yeah. Hey, y'all come over for dinner and I don't, I don't do the thing that I'm really great at. I go, <laughs> let's do, let's experiment. So I think what it was, you're like, this is going to be a lot of work. So Daniel's coming over. I'm going to put him to work, yes. make him do some stuff. You know? Yes. That's what no, that's about. exactly what it is. Um, and honestly, I, the thing that I kept hearing about these sandhill crane legs mm-hmm. was how tough they were going to be. Yeah. And you and I both found that to be true. <laughs> it was so true. You know, they call sandhill crane ribeye of the sky. And like, I don't think they're talking about the legs. They're not like, talking no. about the legs. No, no. It's a different animal. Uh-uh. And you, you had said they're comparable to turkey legs. Yep, for sure. But those tendons, they, there were so many of them. It mm-hmm. felt like, fish bones as we were going through it um it is definitely a labor of love for sure for sure so see you should feel very welcomed (laughs) in my home and in tennessee is that like a tennessee thing i don't know (laughs) no i i should we i said it in the end i should have just grabbed the snow goose out of the freezer it was still really good like i liked it we had some tacos but (laughs) it was good i think you and i are talking so i've eaten like duck legs goose legs uh turkey legs Mm -hmm. frog legs like this is definitely the toughest legs Mm -hmm. um but I think the flavor is still really good. The so. flavor was great. And and just to let you guys know, I put it, I cooked it with a sous vide for 12 hours. And you would kind of think, you know, that would yep. be a, a low, slow <laughs> cook. But... I was surprised how tough they were after 12 hours. Mm-hmm. That was, um, I was, I've cooked a lot of stuff in a sous vide and like, yeah, they were still really tough. Mm-hmm. But, um, but maybe next time you had said, if you bump up the heat, that might, I, I'm thinking like, it a little yeah, cause we're, we're kind of troubleshooting afterward. Not that yeah. it, it was great. It was very delicious. I'm very thankful for you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, we're trying to troubleshoot, like, how would we make this better? And I think hotter for longer. Mm-hmm. You said what? 140 or yeah. whatever. I was thinking if you bump that up to 160 or 165, another 12 hours, like that might, cause, um, I've done it with snow goose legs and turkey legs. If you just do it long enough, it just like falls off the yeah. bones. There's so many of the little bones, but um, yeah, this one did good. not do that. Did not, no. Well, in the size, like um, for those that have never like hung out with sandhill cranes, um, they're like in between a 
a goose and a turkey, I guess, yeah. the size. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't like an insignificant amount of meat. Like there's a lot on there. It was just getting it off. Mm -hmm. but, I mean, I was using a knife to shave it off at yep. times and it's, uh, and it did, it felt like fish bones inside as you were pulling the yeah. meat off of those tendons. Uh, so yeah, I don't, if I get a sandhill crane again, I will definitely keep the legs. I might, yep. uh, I might delegate that out <laughs> to a friend Someone who wants other to try it. Person yes. that, that doesn't know any better. A good experiment. Yeah. And, and I think that that's the best thing about sitting around the table with somebody who loves to cook wild For game sure. is I can cook a meal that didn't necessarily come to a fruition of what I thought it was going to. Mm -hmm. And yet we can stand around and work on pulling this meat yep. off the bone and troubleshoot as we're doing it. And mm -hmm. it's not like I'm sitting there offended that we're talking yeah. about that. It's that we're troubleshooting how to make it better. Man, that's like, that's cooking. Yeah. You know, and I think, um, I've, I've a lot, I'm not a chef, but I have a lot of friends that are chefs and like spending time with them and watching them interact. Like guys are 10 times better cooks than I am. They do the same thing. Yeah. Like they'll eat and go, oh man, this would be really good if you did this or that. And you, you work through it. I mean, it's just like hunting or anything else. And, um, I picked that up from them and it's kind of like, I can have my pride and say, not ask for feedback or we can all sit around and talk and, yes. and, and get a better product by the end of it. But no, yeah. for sure. It was awesome. I really enjoyed showing up here and, uh, and cleaning them up. Yeah. Well, Daniel's here for, uh, NWTF. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, but we met yep. back, um, a few months ago. Um, what was that? Six months ago? Yeah. It was like October, yeah. September, somewhere in there. At, at the, a wilderness event mm -hmm. for women and, uh, we love our wilderness women. You shout out to the wilderness. <laughs> They're great women, mm -hmm. and y'all know that we love you. Um, but we met there, and we're chit-chatting, and it was like, we need to meet yeah, up. We need sure. to do a podcast. We need to have a conversation. We need to cook. Mm -hmm. So um, you were making it to Nashville, and yep. like, we got to get together. I had invited my friend Pete to join mm -hmm. us, who also loves to cook wild game, um, and he did not get to make it and he's just busy, busy, busy yeah. with the convention, mm -hmm. but he's also one of those people that you can sit around and troubleshoot things That's on. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Like how would you add a little more heat to it? Mm -hmm. I was talking about this law tonight. I'd forgotten the radishes yeah. and they add that little extra bite, that spice. And you, it's hard to get that to start sidetrack. It's hard to get that same spice with like Tabasco or mm -hmm. hot peppers or anything else. It it's almost the crunch has to, yeah. of the it's the crunch that opens mm -hmm. up that flavor sure. in the radish, and so um, I don't know. You look at a meal and you enjoy it, yep. but you also kind of think through, well, what can I add mm -hmm. in the future? What would maybe pureeing the pear and adding it into the sauce, mm -hmm. and then like we said, add the sauce back into the meat yeah. as we were. Like there's just a whole lot of things that you start thinking of and it doesn't take away from the meal. Mm -mm. It enhances what it will be next yep. time. Yeah. Yep, for sure. I, I think it's just constant improvement, you know. That mm -hmm. Part of like, part of my joy of, of, of hunting is cooking the wild game for other people and sharing it with them. And um, it's like a form of fellowship mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. and. Um, it's kind of like, uh, I always joke, like I'll go to something with my wife, um, and it'd be a bunch of non hunting event, you know, and I'll find the one other guy that hunts, you know, so it's kind of <laughs> that, it's that camaraderie, the same thing when you're cooking wild game, um, 
there's not a lot of people that cook wild game well. Mm -hmm. And so like when you can meet someone else that does, I love it. It's just awesome. Yeah. There's, um, there are a couple people out there that have, that I've been able to not just troubleshoot with, but get ideas for a project or, um, Hey, I'm, I'm going hunting for this particular piece of meat mm-hmm. that I will be bringing back. Yep. How do I need to quarter it out? Mm-hmm. How do I need to to process it in yep. a way that I will get the best afterwards mm-hmm. for meals? Because when I process here in my kitchen, I am processing according to what I'm going to cook later. 100%. Yeah. I'm the same way. So that's like, um, cause I, I process, so it's kind of funny. It, Two weeks ago, I shot a buck in Alabama. It's the first year I've ever taken to a processor. And it was just, I, I was really tired. I was leaving the next day really mm-hmm. early, so I just kind of had to do that. Um, but um, I, I always do that, man. I, I want to cut up and I have in my mind, okay, so I'm going to cut up this many steaks in this mm-hmm. way, um, part out, or I, I know all the shanks I'm going to cook with Osabuco or, uh, you know, make tacos out of it. So it's like, I can leave some whole, I can cut some, some in half. And um, I'm the same way, man. I, and um, I always cut, it's kind of funny. I never, I very rarely eat backstrap because like I trim it really well and then give it to other people so they can experience that. Ah, Dude, that's always the- um, That's a true gift. <laughs> it is, right? So well, is. a buddy of mine and I were joking. I was like, I honestly, I love um, some of the stuff I've been doing with shanks. And so it's like, man, I'll, I'd almost rather have the shanks than the backstrap. Backstrap. It's great. I love backstrap. Yeah. Um, but it's like everyone can cook backstrap, man. Like show me something cool you can do with a, with yeah. a shank or ribs or something. Yeah. No, there's some creativity to it. I think that mm-hmm. that goes back to it, the evolution of a hunter. For, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Whether you are in the beginning just shooting anything that yep. you can shoot mm-hmm. to then shooting specific targets that you have yeah. to then teaching. Yeah. And sometimes there's mix and, For sure. and mingle. Yeah. I was going to say it's the lines aren't hard, man. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, a buddy of mine that I hunt with in Alabama, he's a very, very accomplished hunter. And so he's like a lot of uh, Southeastern hunters that shoot a turkey and breast out, get, get out of there. First time I hunted with him, I'm like, no, we're plucking the whole bird. I'm going to take the leg. <laughs> and he thought I was crazy. And then I made some sausage from the legs mm-hmm. and cooked it for him. So the next year we came back. I have a thing about if I'm hunting, I want to eat the animal that I'm hunting like at yeah. the same time. So yeah. Kind of, you know, it didn't really mean anything, but it's just in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but I made the, some turkey breakfast sausage for him. And he was like, wait, you made that with the legs? I was like, yeah, he goes, okay, I'm going to take legs out of every turkey I shoot now. And he's like, See? that he's cut a lot of turkeys. He'd never done that. So yeah. um, I felt like that was a big win. It changes. It changes how you respect the animal. For sure. When you have a plan for how you're going to mm-hmm. prepare it later. It takes it from the very beginning of making sure that shot is good because that affects your meat later. Mm -hmm. It's how you are going to field dress if you need to get ice on it as soon as possible or keep it in a cold place. It, it changes the whole dynamic when you are focused on that end result, whether you're going to share it with somebody that Mm -hmm. has never had it before. So you want to make sure that it tastes good. Yeah. Or to how you're feeding your own family Mm -hmm. or creating something beautiful that you want people to see. You don't just have to fry. Yeah. Or make poppers or, and there's nothing wrong. Like this stuff's good. It's really delicious. But no, um, I I joke. I go, when I see your waterfowl hunter, so you Mm -hmm. get this. When I see a duck set its wings, drops legs, my mouth starts watering. (laughs) You're ready. This really nice mallard. It's probably fat. It's eating a lot of corn. Mm -hmm. Like, oh man, it's going to be delicious. And, um, you know, a buddy of mine, we kind of coined it like prepare for success. So like, 
Yeah, that means like if I go out on the field for deer hunting, I have a knife with me so I can field dress it there, you know, and stuff like that where, um, I mean, because you, you aren't always successful, mm -hmm. but you want to be ready, you know, have a cooler always. in your truck. Have, yeah. I mean, just have some of those things in place. Like one of my biggest frustrations is when like I'll see on a Facebook page, you know, hey, I just shot a deer, where's a good processor in whatever town? And it's like, um, I don't ever want to like get on somebody, especially new hunters, but it's like, hey man, you want to have that in place so you're not sitting there at, you know, 11 o'clock at night trying to figure out where you're going to take this gut shot deer and um man that's uh yeah got prepared for success be mm -hmm. ready yeah you, know? you do and it's it's honoring what you're you're hunting for in sure. the same in the same field um do you there's a big debate on this okay are you ready <laughs> uh wet aging versus dry aging so i do both yeah. uh, or neither like okay so um i started a buddy of mine at church about this he asked me i said because he doesn't have a walking cooler. He doesn't have like a drying chamber. Yeah. And the conditions outside weren't perfect for it. So with dry aging, so like dry aging, the way I think about it is you shoot the deer, gut it, you can take the skin off and then hang it. Mm -hmm. So um, unless you can control the humidity and the temperature, I don't think it's a viable thing to do. Yeah. Um, because, you know, if you don't have, if you have swings of temperature and humidity, like you, that meat can go bad. Because you're, with aging, you are, you know, you're, you're a little bit of a, Decay is happening to right. I mean, right? It tenderizes and, and concentrates flavor. So, in my opinion, if you don't have a situation that for dry aging, mm -hmm. it's better to cut it up, get in the freezer or whatever. Yeah. Wet aging, I, I will wait. Wet age, uh, I do that with a lot with ducks. Like if because I've gotten ducks from people where there's no skin on, um, so I'll the vacuum sealed breasts. I'll leave them in the the fridge for like four or five days when I thaw them out and take them out, and that that actually I have noticed a distinct difference uh, doing that. Um, but in my mind, it's like. You get a better end product by getting it into a cool situation faster than trying to worry about wet aging or dry aging. Right. Um, and I've had like uh, the elk I shot last January, it was like 20 degrees outside, you know, 0% like humidity in Colorado. We quartered it up and hung it and it was delicious. Now elk's just delicious to start with. Right. Uh, I don't think that that hanging is, was the difference, you know, between good and bad, but I think a lot of people get hung up in that and they don't get hung up on like, how can I package this meat without getting a freeze burn? How can I yeah. cook this on the back end? Um, that's, that's my thought on it. So yeah, I don't have a place for that. Yep. Being in the South. Yeah. It doesn't get, yeah. Yep. There, there's humidity mm -hmm. all the time. Even yep. at zero degrees, you've got humidity. And mm -hmm. so, um, I have always, but you're down and I'll mm -hmm. stick it in an unscented garbage bag yeah. yep. and close it up and get all the air out yep. and close it up and it'll sit in my fridge for five to seven days. And that's great. And I didn't understand that that was wet aging mm -hmm. for a long time. Yeah. And I will halfway through the week, I'll change the bag mm -hmm. so it's not just sitting in blood. Yep. Uh, but... I, since doing that, mm -hmm. I have felt like my venison has been better than immediately freezing. Thrown in the freezer. Mm -hmm. Well, and so, and that's the thing too, is like, I've done the aging on the, the front and the back end, and there's some debate if, you, if that really works, if like aging on the back end works. Um, I, I think, again, go back to like, what's the end result? I want a really good product. And uh, a buddy of mine who's a guide in Colorado, he's like, dude, get the meat cold as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. And that's like, get the hide off, get it exposed to cold air. So if that's like packaging it up and putting it in a fridge, cool. If that's hanging outside where it's zero, you know, 0% zero humidity and like 20 degrees, or if you have a walking cooler that does all that for you, mm -hmm. that's awesome. But I, I think so many people focus on like, I want to hang it. I want to hang it underneath my deck or whatever. And it's like, man, 
Unless you got the perfect setup, that's probably not the best idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also have, and I won't name anybody, no names, um, but I have some friends who stick their meat oh, in no. water. I, I, was gonna, I was waiting for you to say that one. So. And they age it. Oh, no. In water, and it comes out white. white. Yep. And I think that people forget that when you cook a steak... Mm rare medium rare and you cut it and red juice comes out that's not blood correct yep that's your flavor yep Yep. and so when you drain your meat of all of that yeah you are robbing yourself of major flavor and like i i go i've gone around real flavor you're absolutely right i've gone around around on this because what I've, the argument I've heard on that is like, well, I don't want to be gamey. I don't want it to be gamey. And so like where the flavor comes in meat is from the fat, right? So mm-hmm. if you're not trimming off the silver skin of the fat, that's where your gaminess comes right. from. Also, if you shoot a deer and let it like sit in water, it rots. And that's where some gaming, that's some off flavoring gaminess comes from. And I've eaten deer that's like that. And you're like, I don't enjoy this. And no. so, and it's not, um, it's not how they age it, it rotted. So it's not any good. Um, and so the, my thing is like you can accomplish the goal of not having a gamey quote unquote animal, um, but soaking in water is not that route. And you're pulling, you know, it's osmosis. So you're pulling stuff out of the meat and putting mm-hmm. water in. Yeah. Um, so at, at very best, you're taking flavor out of it and putting water in there. And um, man, it's, uh, I'm sure we could talk like endlessly about this, but I think so many people wild game, there's no intermuscular fat, mm-hmm. so they'll overcook it. Um, and then it's tough. Uh, they don't they don't handle it well in the field, so it's they call it gamey. It's really spoiled, um, and they don't they don't think about how can I cook this muscle. You know, it's it, like I, I a buddy of mine said. You know, you wouldn't go to a store and buy like you know a forty dollars steak and a bottle of red wine and throw it in your back seat when it's like eighty degrees outside, and then go home and try to cook it and think it's going to taste good. It's not. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, it's the same thing with wild game. Mm-hmm. You know, the other problem that I have found with soaking in water and then freezing oh man is that you are going to have like if you're soaking all of your meat before you then put it in the freezer Mm -hmm. you then are crystallizing everything on the inside and you're 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 hurting or you're bringing out the chance of freezer burn from the inside out Um, and you make a really good point so you know there's always cells inside meat right and so um when you, when you slowly freeze meat, you get big ice crystals. That's why like um, you know, ice cream works when you mix it mm-hmm. and you cool it down to small ice crystals and it's really creamy. Um, you know, so you get those big ice crystals, you soaked in water, you get a ton of water in there. And then when you thaw it out, there's all this juice that runs out. You know, that's like you said, a lot of flavor, a lot of moisture, mm-hmm. you know, in the meat. Um, and there's something to be said about maybe brining, but uh, that's not what I see a lot of guys doing, man. Like you said, if I see the meat this white, like that's that's not going to be good. Yeah, deer's red meat. It is know? red meat, and I yeah. want it to be red meat. For and sure. For years, for almost ten years, I've been serving venison mm-hmm. to people who have never had venison yep. before, and not one person has told me it's gamey. Yep. Some people have been able to tell the difference between it being beef and venison but nobody has ever said "Ooh, that has a gamey taste to it and it's because of the process from the beginning to the for sure to the grill Mm -hmm. it's it's the whole process of it yep but i just don't hate us if that's what you do (laughs) and like that's and that's the thing i I, it's a challenge i just say i don't want to sound judgmental no 
and I'm not talking down any processors. I have a lot of good friends that are butchers and do it for a living. Um, but like, man, you learn a little bit about it, you know? And even if it's, uh, when we did the well, the Go Wild event with Wilderness, mm-hmm. like I showed some women, just this is how you cut the backstrap out. So, um, you know, if you shoot your deer, skin it, cut the backstrap out, and then start working with that. And then you can kind of build on how do I quarter out a deer? Mm-hmm. You know, what other parts do I want to take? Mm-hmm. How do I pull the tendon wounds out? How do, how do I fix the heart? So if you can start just a little bit, a little bit slowly by slowly, you can learn a lot. And man, the other thing too is, um, I hate wasting meat. That's like one of my biggest, especially if I've shot it, um, because like I just feel like I don't want to get too spiritual, but I want to honor the animal, right. you know. And um, I feel like God provided those animals for us, so we need to do what we, what we can to use every bit of it and everything. Um, but it like learn and be willing to like make mistakes, like those those sandhill crane legs. Like that wasn't exactly what you wanted to come out of there, but we we ended up it was good. You know, I enjoyed it. Um, and so you got to kind of give yourself a little bit of grace on that yeah. and say, you know, I may try something and it may not turn out good, but it'll be okay. And I, I learned for next time mm-hmm. or something. And try something different. Yes. And that, I think that that's yep. kind of where we're, we're both coming from yep. is we're challenging you to maybe get outside of, I don't, I honor the way traditions are passed down yep. generationally, but maybe take a step out and try yeah. something new with one of your deer, mm-hmm. uh, with with something that you. I mean, I think that the last duck that I cooked with skin on, yeah, there's no brine, yep, there's no. I let it uh, dry in the fridge, mm-hmm. skin plucked yep. the whole thing, put it yep. in the fridge, skin on, and everybody says brine it, brine it, brine it, and I didn't brine it. I just no. let it dry out, salted it, yep put fruit up underneath it and smoked it. And it was it delicious, was delicious yep. because I didn't let it sit in the fat. Mm-hmm. I let it drain yep. and it got crispy mm-hmm. and it was amazing. Yeah. But I had always had this greasy, either fried mm-hmm. or cooked too long yep. or just there was something growing up. It was just not my favorite meat. Mm-hmm. And and taking it outside of how you've, you've always, always eaten had. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always try to challenge people, like just do one new dish this year. And whether that's like you take your deer to a processor and get everything cut up, that's fine. I no problem there. Um, but when you get those roasts or whatever, just go, okay, I'm, I'm gonna do something different with this this year. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna just make a pot roast or whatever. What can I do? You know, and there's like, um, I know this sounds really basic, but just Google like yeah. red meat, you know, like a, Korean we Korean beef kind of situation yeah. tonight. I've done bulgogi, which is very similar to Korean uh, kind of marinade, and it's I love that one because you slice the meat real thin, marinate in that, yeah. and then just sear it. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's uh, it's so funny because I have so many friends that are like, I don't like duck, it's livery or whatever. And I'm like, well, you overcooked it, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And um, man, like I said, it the biggest way that I grew was hanging out with chefs that cook uh, conventional food, and sitting and going, okay, how can I apply that to whatever uh geese um ducks and i learned my like uh, my knowledge gained quite a bit when i started doing that oh yeah oh yeah i watched what was it was a netflix series and it was um heat fat oh what was the other salt so there's salt acid heat it's yes yep Mm -hmm. um and fat was in there yeah i heard talking about and so i Watching that and learning alongside of that, you're learning what 
is going to make your meat taste better. Mm-hmm. And it is all of those. Yeah. You need to have salt. Yep. Salt is needed. Mm-hmm. Um, your, your seasonings are needed, but salt is one of those that is yep. really important. Um, acid breaks down mm-hmm. and tenderizes your heat. Yeah. <laughs> don't overcook. Yep. Um, don't undercook, but mm-hmm. don't overcook. And, um, and then your fat. Yep. Venison doesn't have a lot of fat. Nope. So you've got to figure that out, whether it's through butter. Mm-hmm. Butter is my favorite fat yep. other than bacon. <laughs> yeah. Bacon is mm-hmm. is is probably number one and then butter, but um or bacon grease. Mm-hmm. Um and then or if you can find another I don't know, oils are very Yeah, um, you know, Neutral flavored oils, right? You know, um, I like high uh, temperature. Correct. Yeah, oils. grape grape seed oil mm-hmm. um, is real high temperature, very neutral flavored. Um, some like extra virgin olive oils, but you can get a little fruity on that stuff. And so, um, no, hundred percent. And I, I guess, um, so salt. So my dad's a chemist, so I learned a lot about cooking from mm-hmm. from him and chemistry perspective. Salt helps your taste buds, you know, transmit those signals, so it actually brings taste. In food that enhances yes. it, yeah. And a buddy of mine was a chef. He says it gives your food context. Is the way he says it, and um, I think that's so true. And it's funny because I'll eat a soup or something, and I'm like, "There's not any salt in this." And you can, I can immediately tell. And you put salt in, it adds body, it adds mm-hmm. depth to mm-hmm. it. Um, so you're absolutely right, salt. Um, and like I said, the fat. So fat is flavor. You know, your reason guys like a big old ribeye is because there's a ton of fat in it, and it's delicious. And it's delicious. It's, <laughs> it's you know, really I, good. I love ribeyes. So, um, and you look at a deer back strap, which is that same cut and there's no fat yeah. no fat and the fat that is there is real waxy so you don't want that so you're absolutely right and and so when i'm thinking about cooking i'm thinking about okay how can i accomplish the goal and with with the limitations of no fat in mm-hmm. there you know because fat's kind of a little bit of insurance you know for you so if you overcook it a little bit there's a lot of moisture with the fat well that's not their wild game yeah you know um and you know depending on where, where you shoot that duck in its migration period you can have a lot of fat it can have very much fat and turkey so, absolutely you holy know. moly you've mm-hmm. got it wild turkey is a hundred percent different than yep. your store-bought farm turkey and thank god man they're, good, <laughs> they're so. really good um, but it is it's almost like i want that checklist yep. in front of me at the top of every recipe that i write yeah it's like yeah. heat what are what are your what are your parameters mm-hmm. for what you are about to cook yep. um I did a turkey breast from my turkey this past mm-hmm. year in Texas and I I did brine it mm-hmm. and then I wrapped it in a cracked pepper bacon okay and I stuck it on this on the smoker mm-hmm. and I cooked it for a limited amount of time yep. and got it up to probably right at 155. Okay. And then I wrapped it. Yep. And I didn't touch it till the next day. I put it in the fridge and I didn't let the steam. Mm-hmm. So it's some carryover cooking and yeah. So it yep. carryover cook, it probably hit that mm-hmm. 160 ish yep. area. And like people are so afraid with white meat. Yeah. And Let's throw a little bit of food poison. Come on. Come on. <laughs> and you do need to be careful yeah, of it. For sure. But. If you take it, you don't. If you cook it to 165 yep. on the grill or in the oven, It'll be it's overcooked going to be overcooked. So if you cook it under and then wrap it, it's going to continue cooking. Yep. And then when it starts cooling and you put it in the fridge, it's going to maintain those juices. Absolutely. 
And yeah. so I had people stop by. I did a wild mm-hmm. game dinner. That's what I served. And they said, wait, this was wild turkey? Yep. I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't serve the bacon on it. I served it yeah. regularly. And you sliced it and it was juicy. and It yeah. was amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's it's it is... I was creative with it mm-hmm. and it sounds basic, but we could have eaten it that night, but yeah. I did want all of those juices to stay in versus opening it up and slicing yeah. it right there. I think that it would yeah. have lost a lot of its moisture. One, you know, we were talking earlier about barbecue. So, you know, I'm from Kansas city, big barbecue town. And, um, but what, what barbecue is at its core is taking a tough piece of meat and making it really delicious. Mm-hmm. And how you do that is through, you know, uh, low heat, relatively low heat, 200, 225 degrees and time, you know, lots of time, time. And, you know, a rub of some sort. So you think about that, like, you know, a lot of that meat's going to be tough. So how do I make it less tough? Well, time, low heat, you give it time for stuff to break down. And, um, no, you're, that's absolutely right. And, and like you said, you tried something a little bit different, mm-hmm. you know, the Texas crutch or you wrap it in the, in the aluminum foil like that. And that's, that's legit. I'm going to have to try that. Yeah. Like that it idea. turned out great. And I think that the bacon helps keep for sure. That moisture in as mm-hmm. well. So even though I didn't serve the bacon, mm-hmm. I mean, I snacked on it. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but I didn't serve it with it. I yeah. made little appetizers out of it with mm-hmm. a cranberry drizzle over the top and a Brussels sprout. Like yeah. it was a beautiful appetizer, mm-hmm. but it was the best turkey I've ever tasted. And that's people awesome. are so afraid of wild turkey yeah. and you can, you can mess it up. Yeah, you can. And that's, and again, that kind of goes back to like, give yourself some grace. Yes. Try it. If it doesn't work, you know, you feed it to the dog and kind of move on and you chalk that up to experience. But if you don't step out, you don't get those cool results. And, and I kind of want to go back to, you're talking about temperature cooking. So um, like I said, I, I have two probe thermometers. We were talking about the earlier yeah. instant read stuff. And, I, you know, I have two little kids and wife and anytime I'm serving them something, I want to make sure obviously it's safe. But mm-hmm. um, the, the example I always use is like scrambled eggs. So... A lot of times people cook scrambled eggs or cooked in the pan, put it on the on the plate, and there's water running out of them. So um, if they're cooked in the plate in the pan, they'll be overcooked on the plate. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with meat, uh, anything like that. When when you get it, you know, if you need to get it to 160, you know, which is safe, get it to 155, and then like you said, do a Texas crutchery, wrap it up, and it'll carry over cook. You know, yeah. it's on the way up, and that's one reason why I love sous vide. Yes. You know, I mean, I need to get it to 125 degrees all the way through. You know, for like a, a red meat like a rare steak, well, I can get it to 125 and then pull it out and sear it and you're good to it's go. It's perfect. It's yeah. perfect, you know. It's it's a, say, it's a safeguard. It it's is, It's kind yeah. of a crutch a little bit, but For I sure. will take it because I don't want to waste yeah. or ruin yep. uh, the meat. that. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about slicing it thin and yep. do it and, and searing. And I have actually taken my snow goose out, mm-hmm. halfway thawed it, Yep. And sliced very thinly mm-hmm. and then put it in a vacuum seal bag with a marinade and sous vide it. Well, and what a lot of people don't understand, like sous vide came from restaurants, right? So mm-hmm. like the example I always use, like you've been in a convention, like 500 people in a room and everyone orders a steak and it all comes within about 10 minutes. There's not a dude back there flipping steaks, you know? No. They have bags full of sous vide steak, you know, they pull them out, they sear them real quick, throw them on a plate and that's the pickup. And, um, and so you think about it, like the really good steaks eaten in a lot of restaurants are usually sous vide. The reason they are is because you can get the perfect temperature all the way mm-hmm. through and then the outside seared. And like, I'm really glad I've seen sous vide catch on at home cooks. And, uh, you know, we're like your crock pot thing does sous vide yes. option. And yeah, man, there's, um, it used to be, you had to buy like six or $700 thing. Now you can get a decent one for a hundred dollars, $120 mm-hmm. somewhere in there, or, you know, a little bit more if you want some more features, but 
it's a very attainable thing. It is. You know? And it's something that when you have somebody in your life that loves to cook and they yep. love to cook wild game, it's a great gift. For sure. It, I, I mean, I've, like you said, I've got this crock pot that has mm-hmm. the feature on it, but I'd love to have uh, one of them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Uh, my brother-in-law got one for Christmas this year and mm-hmm. I think I was drooling watching like, him. Let, let me take a look at that. <laughs> let me, let me help you get that started it's over there. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Sure. But no, I think that there's a lot to say about our community right now, the mm-hmm. hunting community and how we have banded together around feeding our families mm-hmm. being a priority in hunting yeah um i think that that is one of the easiest conversation starters with non-hunters yeah um i think it's the easiest way to bring somebody around your table and introduce them to it mm-hmm. uh, you just don't want to mess it up and yeah. there's there's experimenting and there's that kind mm-hmm. of thing but i'm talking about messing up somebody's view of wild game Mm -hmm. through a bad dinner or through bad processing and so yeah every single step is thought through every single step is purposeful not just for the respect for the meat but the respect of whoever's going to be eating it afterwards yeah and i and i think one thing i realized when i started doing this i I cooked my whole life but when i started really processing my own game and taking care of that i thought it was this big whole thing this big operation you had to have these grinders and and all Mm -hmm. this stuff and Really, you don't, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and once you just put a little bit of effort into it, you can get a really good payoff. And um, I was talking to our friend, Sharenda from yes. Wilderness, and she was asking me about vacuum sealers. And I, I have a couple, but what I use more than anything is like saran wrap and butcher paper to, mm-hmm. to package meat. And um, it's just thinking through things like that. Like there are some cool gadgets out there and like sous vide's awesome. Um, but there's some ways to get stuff not terribly expensive. You right. can use a lot of things you already have. You um, can use a pan. Yeah. Yep. Like I take my I take my back straps and I'll cut mm-hmm. them into single servings yep. and put them in a pan with butter. Yeah. Hey, a butter I sear, and meat. sear yep. and stick mm-hmm. it in the oven to finish off yep. temperature wise. And it's amazing. Yeah, and so that same idea with, you know, sous vide like a reverse sear, right? You know, cook a steak in the oven up to the temperature you need it to be. And then, take it out yeah. and sear it, you know. And so yeah. like you said, you don't need special equipment no. to do that. Um, you know, and even in street thermometers are like 20 bucks, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of good options out there. Um, but, you know, cost has come down a lot of stuff, but, um, I still Google, man. Google's you know, just, great. For sure. For sure. It's so. great. And there are more recipes out there for wild game yeah. and, and real legitimate recipes. And, and what I mean by that is, like I said, I'm not trying to, um, Chris has someone that makes like dove poppers or something, but there are so many more recipes than there used to be for wild game, like specifically for wild game. Yeah. Uh, not to plug anybody, but Hank Shaw, you mm-hmm. know, he does a fantastic job. And, and I, I don't generally have to sign up for my email for stuff because I hate getting spam, but every week he'll send out a new recipe and they're really good. Yeah. Really, really good recipes. And they're legitimately technical recipes that are still pretty attainable. And he always does a good job of answering questions and stuff on there. So I always tell people, if you don't, if you're new to this or don't, go look at Hank Shaw's website. I think it's Honest Food. Um, and he has a couple books too, but that's to me a good way to kind of get your toe in the water mm-hmm. and understand some of this stuff. Yeah, but. there's basic recipes. Yes, yep. There are kind of middle of the ground recipes. Mm-hmm. And then there's, if you're going to get fancy, yep. they're out there too. So you can really, there's any level mm-hmm. of Googleable <laughs> recipes, if that's a word. Googleable. Yeah, I think it's a word. Um, okay, so if you had to pick three 
things. Three um, pieces of equipment in the kitchen. Oh, man. That, like, like, okay. Only three. So we are talking about instant read thermometer. Like, mm -hmm. I use that every time cooking is sort of me. Yeah. Um, a cast iron skillet. Yeah. Uh, that's well seasoned. And then number three. Man. Um, and a good I, knife. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's do that. A good a good chef's knife. Yeah. So that's one of my biggest frustrations. Like I'll often, if I'm going to cook, I'll travel with a knife because mm -hmm. like. Dude, oh, there's nothing worse than no, no. There's nothing like, worse. I have this joke because like I do a lot of wild game cooks and stuff, and yeah, I'll be hey, I'm gonna come do this, and like don't worry, I have everything you need, and I'm like I guarantee you don't like, and that's that's not too rude, but it's like mm -hmm. I'm just gonna bring my own stuff. Um, but I no, went to I'm, Texas and brought dude, all my own stuff. Dude. I, it's like a, I have like a I have a bin full of like cooking gear that I take yeah. with me wherever I go. Yeah. Um, because I want to make sure I have the right stuff I need. You know, I'll, I'll take my cast iron skill with me sometimes, mm -hmm. and um, I always joke because I'll pull like jars of like you know a mason jars of, like stock and you know mm -hmm. all this stuff because I'm like I want to make sure it's good. But... I mean, I've got my bacon grease in the fridge right now. Well, like... what, what good cook doesn't you know? <laughs> you sure. have to keep it. My nana said you always yeah. have your jar. That's right. <laughs> you, you can use it for anything. You can use it for vegetables, for biscuits. For it's always in there yeah um yeah i was trying to think of what i would have mm -hmm. and and i think that the good knife was number one for yep. me the thermometer mm -hmm. i i could not live without my yep. meat thermometers yep. um and i was going back and forth on my third one a good pan is important yeah. um yeah, what are you, so you got your three are knife, thermometer knife thermometer uh -huh. and then I would honestly I would probably pick butter. Yeah, butter's pretty revolutionary. Um, Real yeah. Irish. So cream I, I took butter. a peek in your fridge. You got some Kerrygold butter in there, which <laughs> it's is that favorite. <laughs> so I, I read a really good book recently. It's uh, the Good Book of Southern Baking by Kelly Fields. She's out of Louisiana. Has mm -hmm. a really cool restaurant there, and she has a whole like page about butter. And why you need high fat butter and good quality fat butter. And you know, that's uh you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you the reason that I got onto Kerry Gold was mm -hmm. before I started cooking wild game. And it was because my son was lactose mm -hmm. intolerant, but he could handle Kerry Gold butter. Yep. It's that high fat content high fat, yep. um protected his gut mm -hmm. as it went through. Not that I wanted to hurt him with no. dairy, but yeah. I'm sorry, but you cannot brown nope. fake butter. No. No, and brown you butter. You burn it. Yeah, I was going to say, brown butter is delicious. <laughs> it's yeah, amazing. Yep. Um, no, I've tried it before, mm -hmm. and it just burns, and it smells yep. like burned oil. And, like, I don't have margarine in my house. Um, I just I can't cook with that. And, um, and not, nothing against someone who you know, chooses to do that or is like, cannot eat any right. extra dairy. Um, but, man, really high-quality butter. Like, European butter is what it's often called sometimes if you can't find the Kerrygold brand. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just the high, high fat, eighty two percent. Oh yeah, some good Amish butter that's full cream mm. in there. There's just, I mean, you can. We've got an Amish store down the road that you can get the big logs. Yeah, <laughs> of Amish butter. Yeah. But there is, I think that that would be my third. Mm. If I, but see, I didn't ask you ingredients. I no, asked you I, equipment. I just, no, and that's fine. I, I eat you a little bit. You know, it's your podcast, and you can <laughs> do that. I'll, I'll allow it. I cheated. Uh, I don't know. Uh, a good grill maybe would be. Hmm. But you know, I've never been a griller. Mm -hmm. And so to kind of ease into grilling, I have a pellet grill. Dude, pellet grills are amazing. Um, I, I did a podcast with a buddy of mine who's a, a competition barbecue cook. And I was like, what are your thoughts? He goes, I have three of them. Yeah. That's what he said. And he goes, dude, 
if guys 20 years ago they're competing and they had them they would have used them yeah you know it's it's you just need to get one that gets to a high temperature yes. yep so you can get that sear like mm -hmm. 500 degrees yeah you know, and some of the traders do that and there's a ton of them out there now get a good quality one obviously with anything you want kind of higher quality um so you don't have to keep buying them or, mm -hmm. or breaks down but pellet grills are amazing and the reason is kind of like with the sous vide where i can get a really consistent temperature for a long period of time yeah and it's a good way if you have never been a yep a person who uses a grill, uh -huh. it's an easy way to get into it. Yeah. I think, I, I think agree. it's a, sure. it's, it's kind of like getting into hunting mm -hmm. for some non hunters. A gun is very intimidating for sure. They can't pull back on a bow and we can argue all day long about crossbows mm -hmm. one way or another. But if you are introducing somebody to hunting and you want to get them out hunting yeah. and you're hunting on public land, getting out during archery season, is easier and there's more opportunity it, it's you know shooting a bow is difficult it's not super easy yeah and, and not that i'm not trying to poo poo on crossbow hunters but it is a little bit easier a little more attainable i mean i um you know for my job we do a lot of demos with guns and my goal at the end of the day is for someone to have a positive experience with a firearm because mm -hmm. the more of those positive experiences you have the more chance we have of, of getting pro hunter legislation yes a pro firearms legislation um and just being able to expand our sport, more access to land. You know, if you can get more people, maybe they don't end up being a hardcore hunter, but if they're like, dude, hunting's not bad, it's a good thing. Yes. That's a huge win. And so whatever you can do to get that person in the field and experience it, you know, they can hear the woods waking up and, you know, go to watch a deer run by, all mm -hmm. that stuff. If you can get them to have those exciting moments, and if that takes putting a crossbow in their hand, that's a win. That's it a win a all win. day long. It is a win. Um, and you're, I don't know, it's just, and with kids, getting sure. them out in archery yep. season. Um, I don't know. I just, I think that you have to, you have to pick wins. Yes. You have to yep. pick successes. It doesn't mean that you get an animal that no. time, but you have to pick successes for somebody when you're introducing. Well, and I think you got to look at what's the goal. Mm -hmm. What's the goal, right? You know, the, the goal obviously be for them to shoot a giant buck and have a great time. Um, but really the real goal is rather than have a good time, positive yes. experience, and maybe have some success or have the opportunity to have some success. Yeah. So the best way to do that is with a crossbow if they don't have a lot of experience with the gun. You know, and you and I both know, like the first time you shoot a gun, I know you had some problems with shotgun last mm -hmm. year, a couple of them. Um, it's kind of, it, you know, even a seasoned hunter or, or shooter like yourself, it can kind of freak you out a little bit, yeah. it, you know, and um, I've had guns blow up in my hands. I, I, I princess guns, I spent a lot of time around guns. And you can get a little gun shine. So imagine taking someone who's never done any of that, maybe before they were kind of anti-gun or kind of afraid of that sort of stuff. Like you don't want to, one of my biggest yeah. pet peeves is when someone's like, yeah, man, I, I gave my kid this giant 12 gauge and knocked him on his, on his butt. And it's like, yeah, that's a great way to turn people off from the sport. I've, you know? I have had conversations yeah. with people who have not shot guns because yeah. of that experience. Yeah. Um, but it kind of all that goes into cooking. I wouldn't hand somebody who has never cooked wild game before. Mm -hmm. I would not hand them bone marrow. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. I would not. I wouldn't hand them a roast, yeah. honestly, because yep. roasts are hard with mm -hmm. venison. I would hand them a backstrap yep. or ground meat yep. and say, "Go cook something that you are used to cooking mm -hmm. with this." Yeah. And there's like, and I'm glad you mentioned ground meat because I think a lot of people, myself included, I do a lot of whole muscle cuts. I have a really nice grinder. I have a great setup to do that, but um, ground meat is very familiar to people, mm -hmm. you know? And even if you cut it with a little bit of fat to help them out, kind of add some of that insurance there, mm -hmm. um, you're absolutely right. If you can if you can get them to have a success with ground meat, they're like, you know, that wasn't gamey. That's yeah. not bad. Let me 
Let me try steak. Yeah. Let me try. And there's a lot yes. of good stuff you can make ground meat. Oh yeah. Yep. Well, and that's why Hunters for the Hungry. Yep. It's all ground. Mm-hmm. You know, we I work for a company that that's what we do. We mm-hmm. handle Hunters for the Hungry for Tennessee, and it is ground meat that we yep. hand out, and that's because it can be utilized so many different ways. Mm-hmm that being able to donate that gives them opportunity for, for sure. so much more. So don't underestimate the, pe- no, the value no. of that for ground sure. meat. The kids love it. Mm-hmm. Um, tacos, super easy to make tacos. And I don't put fat in mine. That's okay. I I keep it all lean mm-hmm. and then I will add the fat on the, yep. on the back end. And I go back and forth. I have some with fat, some without. I'll sausage, make sausage is different. Don't, I'll that's, make sausage. Yeah. And, sausage is you know, different. I know a lot of guys will put, you know, 50% fat in there. That's not, I'm not quite there. You no. know, I, I cut back by 20, maybe 30% if I'm making like a, a sausage. But um, I, I think to me, it's it's approachableness um, and, and setting up for a win, right? Yes. You know, and, um, yeah, no, yeah, that's for sure. You, you can make lettuce wraps with, you know, some, some Asian inspired lettuce wraps, all sorts of stuff you can do with ground meat. Oh, yeah. The stuffed peppers, lasagna, like Mm -hmm. these familiar things that they can sit there and go, well, that didn't taste any different or it tastes better. Yeah. Or like that was deer. I didn't Mm -hmm. even know Um, when it's it's kind of funny. So like uh, I'll occasionally buy steaks or other other meat, but 90% of what we eat in my house is wild game. And Mm -hmm. that's that's not I'm trying to be superior. I just I hunt a lot and have a lot of wild game and I don't want to waste money on other stuff. And so if I didn't have ground meat in the freezer, it'd be a lot of more work, yeah. you know, cause I can make a meatloaf. I can make meatballs. I can make, um, you know, like tacos, like I said, just real quick, you know, on, on a Wednesday night when you've been working all day, it's yeah. nice to grab a you know, pound of frozen uh, ground out of the freezer and just make something simple with it. So to me, it's a convenience thing. Like it is, I do like to, to do some, some awesome stuff, but man, Ground meat's pretty pretty versatile. It is. And I mean, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, yeah. mm-hmm. you get to the end of that paycheck. And when you have wild game in the freezer, yeah. I mean, some some of those nights that were on the end of the, that paycheck, the kids and I are eating good because we're going to pull that next For sure. out For sure. and have a delicious meal mm-hmm. because there's no other ingredients needed yep. for it. Yep. Or add make some spaghetti sauce yeah. some tomatoes yeah, hamburger or, helper like mm-hmm. you can make hamburger helper with ground meat you know it's yeah. um you're absolutely right yeah absolutely right. so um daniel amy thank you so we, I, could, I feel keep, like a we could keep going i was gonna say i got some stuff i gotta do tomorrow but we, <laughs> um, i feel like a total bomb amy I, I just showed up and ate your food which is i'm very thankful for so that's what the invitation was yeah. for and um i will make it up to your place and do the same thing that works um but i will see you in a couple days because right. i'll be coming over friday and saturday um but uh, thank you for coming thanks for it's helping me pull this yeah I got here. There was four of them, and you started working on one. I was like, "This is gonna take a while." I washed my hands here. And, well, you were very quick. Gave me a cutting board. And I, was. I think I, I got. I understood the assignment. I, I knew it was. It was you did, so, and um, and yeah, the kids, the kids leaned in and mm-hmm. and ate. Everybody loved it. Everybody it loved it. It was good. So. Well, thank you very much. Thank you.